This is The Adam Ritz Show, a public affairs talk show touching on community, health, foundations, and more. The Adam Ritz Show is underwritten by Vibonomics, an audio out-of-home advertising marketplace and audio experience company. Info at Vibonomics.com. And now, from the Vibonomics studios, please welcome your public affairs radio host, Adam Ritz. Thanksgiving weekend, and we're going to close it out on a Sunday with uh, some Thanksgiving memories and thoughts. Uh, my name is Adam Ritz. Jay Baker is joining me. I'm guessing your pants are a little tighter. <laughs> well, I followed the number one of, you know, each year people come to us and say, you know, what are some tips to safely get through the holidays? And our number one Thanksgiving tip was always buy bigger pants. Uh, and I have done that and have properly filled them out. Well, did you go with just a larger size or did you get your size, but in a, an elastic waistband? Because there's two <laughs> two different strategies there. <laughs> well, here's why I feel a little bit bad. I've gone through some neurological problems we've discussed on this radio show. And so I'm kind of doing the elastic waistband anyway, because, <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's it's easier. Let's be upfront. But uh, yes, it is hilarious that the elastic waistband does help you accommodate holiday eating, which will be the first to say you should you shouldn't overindulge. But yeah, there's something about Thanksgiving that just the food is just too good. It's too good. I've got a, a belt that I have. I, I really like it. It matches a few. Of my, it's a brown belt. It matches my brown shoes. And I after Thanksgiving, I cannot wear it because it, there's a, a, a sort of a bigger metal belt buckle on it. And when I wear it and sit down. It cuts into my abdomen when it's really hanging over the tight part of my waistband. I don't mean to laugh. And it just—it <laughs> wasn't there an Eddie Murphy movie it, where he got in the fat suit. It's like that's how you that, feel. That's how I feel after Thanksgiving. Yeah. So it's like I'm wearing a fat suit. I can't wear yeah. this belt until uh, until March. <laughs> Until Lent, until I give up sweets and fried foods, and uh, so that's Jay. That's if you don't see me wearing brown shoes till March, it's because I don't have a belt that matches these shoes. No, I get you. Uh, I'm just laughing because it really is my favorite holiday, and we're going to talk a little bit about some of the events that uh, by now, hopefully, you've successfully gone through, and we'll talk a little bit about uh, just how many people love this holiday and uh, shared it with you. I know a lot of uh, our listeners took part uh, in a drumstick dash, a turkey trot. These are very popular 5K uh, running events in uh, bergs and villes and cities across America. And they usually, not usually, I think they all uh, raise money for charity. I know in my community, uh, the slogan is, uh, move your feet so others can eat because the registration fee goes to a food bank to make sure that everybody has enough cranberry and uh, stuffing and turkey to eat on uh, Thanksgiving morning. Uh, so congratulations to everybody that uh, took part in a, a drumstick dash or a turkey trot, especially if you went the extra mile and ordered a, a, a fuzzy turkey hat from Amazon to wear during the race. Uh, th- those are for two reasons you want. One, for aesthetics, because it looks very festive to have a, a, turkey, a turkey on your head. Uh, Heck but, yeah, it does. But, but two, it can keep your head warm. Those things are like stuffed, little, you got a little stuffed hand, animal wrapped around your head and your ears. So 
Uh, I know a lot of costumes. Uh, make, people dress up like turkeys, and it is a fun family event. Uh, some people hate them. Uh, I know I, I certainly don't like to get up early, but I do like a turkey trot. Uh, I didn't do one this year. I feel terrible because it's just the best way to start the day. You're going to eat uh, 10,000 calories or, or something like that, and it's just it's a nice way to start the day. You get up and you you run a little bit, you walk fast, you burn a couple hundred calories, and then you're you're set to eat. And it's the great way to kick off a nap too, because the only thing that makes a nap on Thanksgiving afternoon better from all the eating is if you got up at 6 a.m. to go run five, three, you know, a 5K. <laughs> oh, no, you're absolutely correct. You feel like, hey, I did something today other than just feed myself. You know, this is the day where, you know, we use the phrase food coma in a comical fashion. I mean, oh, yeah. you know, over the Thanksgiving holiday, you know, so. Hey, I did some research uh, for another broadcast entity that I work for, and I thought I'd reshare these because these are interesting facts. As you know, uh, we equate Thanksgiving certainly with the food part of it, but it's also a great day of NFL football in much the same way that Christmas is kind of, believe it or not, associated with the NBA. Thanksgiving is associated with the NFL. And even back in 1920, the NFL was doing Thanksgiving games. I did not know that in 1920. Yeah, that's the part that is absolutely amazing. Uh, They liked playing on Thanksgiving because they modeled it after, at the time, college football played games on and around holidays. Because typically, you know, with university football, uh, the student body is off and it allowed the fan base to come in and actually enjoy the games on their days off. So college kind of started this play on the holidays thing. The National Football League took it up in 1920, and then they got kind of serious with it. They made traditionally uh, the one game that almost everybody will say is the granddaddy, and they are correct. The Detroit Lions have been the feature team since 1934. You know, I was going to guess like 1971. I cannot believe it's been that long since 1934. Now, this is worth a look up on YouTube. I always tell people to do this. You know, traditionally, the Detroit Lions always play indoors. They had the Pontiac Silverdome for many years. They currently play at Ford Field in downtown Detroit. Uh, But their their original facility was a really bad, I think it was Wayne State University uh, shared the stadium with them, but it was an outdoor stadium. And I think you kind of know what the typical weather might be on Thanksgiving in Detroit, Michigan. Well, they used to play football in that. And a lot of it just literally looks like the mud bowl. So look those games up. They were pretty hilarious. Now the Lions play indoors, so you just get the tradition without the mud. They added the Dallas Cowboys to the lineup in 1966. So when you hear these dates out loud, you're like, oh, my goodness, 66. Yeah, now that's a little more along the lines of where I thought uh, the Lions yes. started, too. I, and I am so thankful. Here's what I'm thankful for this this holiday, uh, Jay. I'm thankful the Lions are good this year. Uh, yes. And that the NFL isn't making us watch one of the worst teams in the league 
on a day when everybody wants to just lay around and watch football. So thank goodness we've got a good game to watch. <laughs> well, it's funny, too. I have been to Detroit uh, several times on Thanksgiving just because uh, I live close enough. A friend and I would drive up there uh, because we just love football, and it was our day off, too. And, yes, I would use the phrase, the long-suffering fans of Detroit, because we used to meet the greatest folks, but they already kind of knew what was going to happen. You know, They basically uh, would go to the game while the turkey was cooking, leave during the third quarter, and that was their Thanksgiving. You know, They knew. Well, for locals, yeah, I guess it would work out because once once you're down 28 points in the third quarter, you can get home and finish cooking. <laughs> That's right. Absolutely. And it gets you out of the house, et cetera. And then in 2006, they added that uh, prime time game, which that is the one game that has a different lineup each time. And then I thought this was cool. I kind of missed this a little bit, uh, but officially in 1922, the NFL branded the Thanksgiving Day games as the John Madden Thanksgiving celebration to honor head coach and broadcaster John Madden. Okay, in in 2020? In 2022, okay. so they made it official. Okay. And I don't know if you ever used to watch the games that John Madden would broadcast on. Oh, yeah. And he'd have the Madden Cruiser, and he'd have the chef on the Madden Cruiser you know, because if you're going to have your own bus, you might as well have your own chef. Yep. And he'd be out there making uh, Thanksgiving dinner, including uh, this is where I learned about the turducken, oh, yeah. <laughs> which is turkey yeah. and duck combined. Well, and chicken, right? Turkey, duck, and chicken. And I, th- I, you know, I think chicken was in there, too. So, you know, turducken. it was uh, turducken. Yes. Yeah. So uh, and then it usually was served up, I think. Whatever team won that John would serve the linemen, because I remember there was always these really big guys eating a drumstick on national television. Sure, right after the game, they still have their uniform on, and they've got a giant turkey leg. <laughs> that's just some, a, well, that's yeah. some good tradition there. That is some great tradition. But, yeah, I just thought I'd share that with you because, you know, it's like you forget that those games have such tradition behind them. Yeah, yeah. Well, one of the things I wanted to talk to you a little bit, Adam, is going to sound like I'm lecturing you, and I'm not, but this is uh, something that's been sort of rolling around in my mind. And, you know, the Thanksgiving holiday tends to be one where we reflect on the things that we're thankful for. But there is actually a thing called gratitude practice. Have you heard of it? I have not heard of gratitude practice, and I am welcoming the ensuing lecture. (laughs) Go ahead. (laughs) Well, that's the thing. I know you're going to think to yourself, hey, after the brown belt incident, how much more, how I don't want to hear about stuff I'm not doing in my life, you know? (laughs) <laughs> it's it's like the people that tell you cholesterol's bad for you you're kind of like yeah i got that memo thanks yeah, pass the french fries yeah, yeah thanks uh by the way bring bring some more hush puppies while you're up uh but uh gratitude is an actual event there's been people that have done a ton of research on it it helps people feel more positive emotions relish good experiences improve their health deal with adversity and build strong relationships. So if you think about it, just by altering part of your mindset, those would be good goals for anyone. If you just said, Hey, I, I want to give you something that'll help you deal with adversity. 
Yeah. So is this uh, what are they suggesting? Like a meditation once a day to well, the things you're grateful for. Here's some examples from uh, Self Magazine. Uh, They gave seven quick examples, and I'll just go over them quickly with you. But anybody could really uh, kind of improve their life with these simple steps. And the first one was start by thinking about gratitude just once a day. And basically with gratitude, how they tell you sort of the entry level is – you know, just reflect on the things that you're grateful for. No matter what situation you are in life, you have to be grateful for, let's say, indoor heat in the wintertime or the fact that the sun is shining or that your coffee really tastes great this morning or uh, you made the last three green lights on your way into the office. It doesn't have to be this major event. It's just a reflection on things that are positive in your life. I like it. I like that. I like that a lot. Yeah. They recommend keeping a gratitude journal, which is going to sound super dorky, but if you get into this, it's great to write it down. Plus they said you can treat yourself. So many people say I'm going to journal and then they never do. Cause remember, you know, we always talk about this. We have our big show right around the uh, new year and we talk about new year's resolutions and, you know, studies have shown those are real ways that you can modify your behavior. So, yeah, get a journal because you can treat yourself to some super cool journal. Yeah. And to avoid being uh, beaten up on the playground, just call it your journal. <laughs> don't, don't call it your gratitude journal. <laughs> yeah, just the journal. Yeah. If you're a, on, a, on a playground environment and you're junior high or lower, yeah, be careful because there's bullies out there. Uh, Here's kind of an interesting thing, and this is a lost art, but tell people thank you either verbally or in writing. You know, we always talk about it's pretty it's pretty easy to send an email. It's pretty easy to do a phone call. But when you actually write a letter to somebody, there's something there's a lot of power in that. And I don't know if you've ever received a letter, Adam, out of the blue of somebody thanking you for something you did, but you know how you feel after you get that. Right. I, I have received that letter and I've, I've sent a few myself. I, I will take your challenge. I should send more and they don't have to be full blown letters. I mean, no. it could just be a little thank you note. Uh, that's yes. something I've tried to uh, talk about and teach with my kids now that they're full grown adults. Uh, it's a lost art with uh, some of this younger generation that just something simple that, you know, we have always done after any interview job interview you send a thank you note right and i don't know if uh the gen z millennials of today are are doing that and that's uh maybe one of the reasons why you didn't get that job uh well send a thank you note send a thank you note it's powerful yeah one thing that i used to do when i was uh, working full time was you could go to any card shop and there was actually like a box of thank you cards and you could get like 10 of these inexpensive thank you cards for about four or five bucks then you swing by the post office get some stamps now you're armed and ready and i have found that addresses are pretty easy to come by uh because you know it's organizations or people hand you their business card or whatever yeah so you know it's pretty easy to know where to send it and there is a lot of uh power to uh, actually writing down 
a thank you note and sending it off. So anyway, these are part of the gratitude. Number four, remember that practicing gratitude includes embracing the negatives. Uh, a lot of people have been sort of told, oh, with gratitude, you'll always be happy. Uh, and there is such a thing. Of course there is, Adam. It's called toxic positivity. And it just means, oh, you know, those people that are just always, no matter what, they, they're smiling through adversity. We realize that in the uh, human endeavors, not everything's going to be positive. But if you practice gratitude, it does help you to sort of reframe those negative uh, events in your life. Uh, the example that they gave was, let's say you have a job interview for a job that you think is absolutely perfect for you, but they end up hiring someone else. Well, you and I both know that's called real life. Yeah. And you have to go on from that. Yeah. And, um, you know, embracing the negative, immediately when you said that, I thought of uh, one of my favorite sayings is that when you trip and stumble and fall down, you're still moving forward. Yeah. So if you do Very that, positive. that, you know, that job interview, you didn't get the job, uh, positive things came out of it. You've got, you got another, uh, you you practiced you practiced uh, doing a job interview that that right. is a skill in of, of itself uh, doing an interview so you got you got another one of those in your uh, in your toolbox you uh, made another connection you uh, maybe it's going to if you were the second person that they were going to hire and you're you were second on the list they keep your name and maybe uh, one of their friends has uh, an opening uh, yeah. in the industry and they're like look we had this great candidate it was just uh, for whatever reason, we didn't hire this one person. So, but I highly recommend you should take a look at their resume. Uh, and again, that's why you have to send a thank you note so you stay in the good graces and get recommended. Yeah, well, and then you and I know the thank you note reflects well on you because it basically is saying, in terms of sportsmanship, not everybody's going to get that job. I've always heard as well. Hey, just be grateful they even gave you the interview in the first place because. You and I know that when they look at a hundred resumes, not everybody's going to be called in. You know, right? Absolutely. Uh, take a couple of minutes to enjoy a mindful walk. I know that sounds foo-foo, but basically, they're suggesting. Uh, we've always talked about this. You can really reconnect uh, yourself uh, emotionally if you spend a little time outdoors. I know certainly as we head into winter and with gray skies and much of the Midwest, it's not always easy to say, oh yeah, I can't wait to go take a walk. Yeah. But if you actually turn off your phone, actually reflect on what you see and hear around you, that even a short walk can really help you reconnect. And this is, you know, once again, we've talked about being part of the gratitude thing. And uh, anyway, so now I now I do sound like a college professor, but uh, <laughs> they just say keep at it. It gets easier. But it, I think it's certainly worth a look up for the average person because it does benefit a great number of things, including your mental well-being. So, you know, if you say to yourself, I'm jotting down a few things in a gratitude journal and I'm writing thank you notes. Okay, I'm waiting for my life to get better. <laughs> Jay said it, it would it work. Actually, yeah, it actually does. So be patient. And these are some pretty inexpensive tips. I know you're going to say, 
yeah, that guy on the radio told me to buy a gratitude journal. I'm out 17 bucks. <laughs> <laughs> here's a here's a cool story. You can buy a Christmas tree for as little as five dollars at some national forests. Now, the U.S. Department of Agriculture says that you can come out and with the proper permit, cut down a Christmas tree in a national forest because they say cutting down trees actually improves the health of the forest. And the permits either cost five or $10. Over 300,000 permits were sold in last year at recreation.gov. So there's a listing of places that will permit you to come in and pick out your Christmas tree. So I, I'm pretty sure the point of the story is make sure you get the permit. You can't just Clark Griswold this and show up with your family, walk into the woods and, and hack down a 20 foot tree. Right. Well, and not the least of which, since you have to hack it down, you're going to have to bring something along to hack it down with. And most people frown on walking around with a hatchet. It's just yeah. <laughs> in today's world, that is called, that is, a behavior that's frowned upon unless you're there to chop down a tree what was the dot gov uh, website you can look this up at oh yeah this was recreation.gov Ooh, that should be one of my f- new favorite websites recreation.gov yeah. it's all about having fun and chopping down trees and believe it or not it actually helps the forest because i know you're going to say to yourself i bought that gratitude journal and i bought my tree permit now what yeah now my I, life i've Better get better. Jay said if I if I chopped down a five dollar tree and got a journal, I'd be good. Those guys on the radio said that it would change my life. Uh now you'll love this. We've always talked about this. Politics so polarizing. Even you and I know they're so polarizing that you and I know a lot about politics and rarely talk more than about ninety seconds about them i would you agree with that it's a topic you stay away from um yeah and by since we're talking about this who are you going to vote for <laughs> yeah oh yeah <laughs> just, there's no controversy no, yeah don't, don't no, answer not at all i mean if, please if, do not answer if you, just even if for whatever reason just whatever you answer 50 percent of our listening audience will hate you that, i know that's why well, we don't cover it you know jokingly every year uh when we get close to the elections, I send out a tweet because, you know, I'm such a comedy genius, but I send out a tweet that says, don't forget, I'm running for county surveyor. A vote for me will add one and a half feet to your backyard. (laughs) And I just do it in a comedic sense, you know, and 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 (laughs) how many friends have you lost over that political tweet? (laughs) <laughs> you'll you'll love this most people are like ha ha yeah you know they get the idea that hey i would be the worst surveyor ever <laughs> you know, it's like, yeah. vote for me and i'll perhaps ruin your life but uh but i actually had a guy send me back on twitter a message that says oh great I hate mowing my backyard anyway, and I don't, I'm not going to vote for anybody that's going to make it worse. Yeah, there's another row. <laughs> Once again, you can't make anyone happy, and we already knew that, but yeah. they actually did a, a national poll to see how much people were adverse 
to talking politics, either at the Thanksgiving table or really any holiday table or get together. And the um, uh, the actual national number is 60 percent of Americans just do not want to talk about politics. So even bringing up the county surveyor is going to tick most people at the table off. So just know ahead of time. Now, do they the 60 percent number? Is that Americans that don't want to talk politics at a family event like Thanksgiving or just ever? No, this is this would be specifically at either a Thanksgiving, Christmas dinner, or a holiday get together of any kind. Yeah. So, yeah, it's basically these social environments, you know, because you know how it is. You you get to the holiday party, you get a few beverages in you. Uh, that's nice, but at that point, don't start going. And then I said to my senator. They don't, no one wants to hear that. No, no. The, the tensions are running high. Your pants are tight. There's a belt buckle stabbing you in the abdomen. Do not bring up politics to make it worse. Yeah, it's just going to make it worse. I know we don't have a whole lot of time. Am I accurate about that? Yeah, we've, we've got about four minutes here. Okay, good. Well, because, you know, we like these feel good stories, and we certainly love stories of people that give. There was a gentleman who lived in Hinsdale, New Hampshire. He lived in a mobile home park. His name was Jeffrey Holt. He didn't even have a car. He'd ride his riding lawnmower up to the convenience store to get his newspaper. And they'd just sit and watch cars go by. So everyone's thinking, hey, he seems like a nice guy, kind of quiet, kind of unassuming. Well, when he passed away, he left a considerable fortune million to his community. Oh, my goodness. Oh, my good. You know, that is so cool. That is an amazing story. Yeah, he said the money was to be used to benefit the town's education, health, recreation, and culture. Town officials were notified of the windfall in September, uh, but there hasn't been a formal meeting to discuss how to best use his funds, but he gave it specifically to his community. So here's a guy who didn't even own a car, and he left $3.8 million. His kids are protesting the gift. Yeah. Uh, you know, the, my uh, Melissa and I always talk, we, we like to go to Key West, uh, especially during the winter for obvious reasons, and uh, there's sort of a saying down there, you, you can't tell a homeless person from a millionaire everybody's just sort of hanging out with you know scruff dressed like a maniac and and uh i i find that so interesting that this guy no one knew the bankroll he was sitting on and uh which is great because no one you know was kissing his butt or uh you know wrongfully kissing his butt to try to get him in their good graces and when he goes he gives it all to the town uh, that is just an amazing story i love it yeah so as we uh head into the holidays uh you know we just recently had our big turkey celebration hopefully you you got out got a little activity get to practice a little gratitude I really uh, do have to tell you, Adam, I am uh, grateful that we do this show. Yeah, I am too. I'm thankful uh, that you're on board. This is uh, this is a great uh, way to, to cover some public affairs topics uh, with a little bit of a, I guess, compelling uh, hint or taste of personality. It's not the same old uh, boring 
Cancer Talk. Um, you bring a, a special light to the show and, and your uh, comedy, your your life as a comedian and broadcaster uh, comes through and, and helps me and our listeners. I know that does. I'm very thankful for that. So I appreciate you being part of the show. Um, hopefully, uh, in the next several weeks, we have, uh, not hopefully, I just, I know it's a fact, we're going to have a lot of uh, holiday content leading into the end of the year. Uh, I always find it amazing this time of year, the the end of the year lists that pop up. Uh, I usually try to avoid those, but uh, maybe um, I'll challenge myself and you to come up with at least one end of the year list <laughs> that has something to do with public affairs that is interesting. Uh. Yeah, no, I'm with you. It's hard to come up with an interesting list. You know, as those, speaking of the list, the other day, somebody pointed out uh, what the last five Academy Award winning best pictures were. And on that list of five, I only knew two of the movies because movies now just don't connect as they once did. Uh, you know, as we went through the pandemic, it was like some movies went straight to streaming. Some started at theaters, then went to streaming. I mean, they just didn't have that powerful connection as they once did. It certainly changed over time. You used to have movies like Jaws, Rocky, The Godfather. Movies everybody saw and liked uh, would win the Academy Award, and now they are so artsy with limited distribution, and I don't know who the group of people is that votes on them, but they like the movie that none of us even ever heard of. Uh, certainly right. not taking away from the talent level of those filmmakers, but uh, that's maybe a list we'll have for you in the next couple of weeks. Uh, Jay, thankful you're here. Our listeners as well, very grateful that you've spent time with us. And if you'd like to learn more about the show, you can log on to our website and find out anything you want to know, adamritzshow.com. The Adam Ritz Show is recorded live in studio at the Vibonomics Worldwide Headquarters. Learn more about the Vibonomics Audio Out-of-Home Marketplace at vibonomics.com. For information on this broadcast, including past on-demand episodes, interview submissions, and syndication contacts, visit adamritzshow.com.